What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Dogbot. What's up, dude? Not much. How's it going? It is going. It's Friday in the evening. It's, uh, music's going. I never know when to jump in on this song, but uh, also joining us this evening, Reinhard von Krieger. Hello. Yo. Good to be here for the weekend. Yes. Uh, no Jack this weekend. Uh, Jack is on punishment. Um, we're we're punishing Jack for being a, a mean person in the chat, and he's he's not on tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jack is off this evening. He's he something to do with uh, his spot under the bridge or something. Did you did you? Yeah, get the- there was a territory war I think brewing, and he really had to defend his uh, his Fago spot. Okay, so it was, yeah, I think it was a, another team of raccoons moved into the dumpster across the street, and I don't know. There's a territory war. I don't know. Is Jack actually a raccoon? It depends on who you ask, and it depends on the time of year. Oh, okay, because I always thought he was an otter. And then, and then he's a raccoon, and then he's an otter. Well, it's the juggalo makeup. No matter what form he takes, he always has that makeup on, so oh. it just kind of muddies the waters a little bit. Okay. Also, the, the oversized trip bondage pants make it very difficult to tell what kind of tail is there. That's also true. That is a good point. Thank you, Dogbutt. All right. Because he isn't a furry, so he actually hides the tail. Right. In his fursuit. Oh God! All right, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> He's not here, and it's not as much fun when he can't cringe. So, anyway, hi guys! It's Friday weekend. Oh my God! What a week! Long, boring week at work. Um, again, we're past testing, and startup has uh, sent systems back to us to fix that they broke. So we're going back through and. It's a bunch of like nitpicky inspection stuff. And it's really annoying, but it's work, right? Yay. Nice. Yeah. We are we are currently in the process of preparing for this one giant safety inspection that happens every year. And it's uh we get these people that come out from like the other side of the country and they'll come and watch us and they'll just they'll scrutinize every every single thing we do for like two weeks. Nah. So coming out from yeah, so basically the next month is our own people scrutinizing us for every single thing we do. <laughs> right. You do the crack, the warm up until headquarters comes out and watches you for real. Right. Yes. I started yeah. a new I started a new bit last night. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. So I went to a con I went to a concert last night. Uh-huh. And was it a good one? Well it was a very good one. Modest Mouse was tremendous live. It was. They were very good live, a, a lot better than I expected. They, but so there weren't a whole lot of people that were wearing masks. Not very many at all. But right. there were a few, and I saw this one guy. I thought I might recognize, and I hollered over at him. I said, "Steve," and he looks at me and. He's like, my name's not, he pulls this mask and he's like, my name's not Steve. And I was like, oh, I, I thought I recognized you, but the face diaper obscured most of your face. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, I could try this on any guy in here. 
Because he looked like ashamed for wearing the the face diaper over his face. So I did it a couple more times, and it was it was fantastic. That sounds like fun, actually. This one. Hey, Brian, it Brian. Was. Oh, sorry. I thought, yeah, you had the thing on your face. Sorry. You had the muzzle. You had yeah. the, the muzzle on your face that doesn't do anything. God, she's. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear what you said. You want to take that off your face? I can't hear you. Yeah. That I've done. Yes. Oh, my God. I could be outside smoking. And there's that one guy who is standing around actually wearing the mask. Not because he's not a smoker or anything. He's just that adherent to Caesar's law and just like, come on, why don't you, why don't you take that off there? You're uh, you're going to, you're going to suffocate. Have, have any, have either of you guys had to use a compost straw yet? Uh, oh, oh, the, um, the, the paper straws. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, I'll, I'll one, I had one the other night. It yeah. was, it was absolutely abysmal. I, I, I was sitting there and I was like, this is what it feels like to be a Californian. I, I was going to say, when I lived in California for a bit, I had to use them. I mean, no, but okay. It's not I mean, really, nowadays, I mean, it's yeah. a lot worse than that, but I mean, sure. <laughs> if that's what you want to, if that like that minor inconvenience is what's going to ruin your day. No, it, it, well, it, it, it ruined the taste of the soda. For sure. What are you doing drinking soda? I was going to say, that was your first problem. Yeah. Well, because I mean, once in a while... Oh, I, once I in a while, it's okay to... Once soda. in a while, it's okay yeah. to have Satan juice? Yes. Was it... Isn't there a Coca-Cola? What was, you, <clears throat> no, honest to God, wasn't there just a... um A Coca-Cola no, tweet? Like a Coca-Cola... No, it wasn't... Uh, it, it, was, it was this uh, local brand no. that they have at a couple restaurants and stuff. It's... They use actual sugar and not high fructose corn syrup. Oh, it's a it, this particular flavor was black cherry, and once in a while, I, I like to indulge in that. So, did you hear all the justification? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a lot I'm of copium totally in there. A lot of copium in that sentence. Oh, yeah. pal. I'm yep. sure both of you would greatly enjoy this black cherry soda if you tried it. Not so. a fan of black cherry, but okay. I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. It was always my like least favorite black cherry. It was always my their least cream favorite. So, their cream soda flavor is good too. Cream now, cream soda. I could. I can deal with. I have found that the Zevia, um, creamy root beer. I don't know how they do it because the ingredients are literally water, stevia, and flavor, right? And it's root beer, but they it has the interesting. Yeah, the in zero calories and like and right, it's literally like seltzer water with some flavor so you know the flavored seltzers but just with some stevia in it to make it soda sweet um but it has the texture like the mouth feel of root beer you know how mouth you know like how root beer kind of has like a creamy or like a, a cream soda has a creamy yeah, mouth feel than say a coca-cola taste yeah and it, but it's just seltzer water I'm like what is this what is this sorcery it's ridiculous. so it it's has good. the mouth feel of root beer is what you're saying yeah it does but it's yeah, not actually definitely soda. better than those. E- but it Johnny, doesn't actually you know have any of the poison in it. It's literally Tennessee. water. It's like it's it's like it's pretty much like grape drink, like water, sugar, purple, right? It's is like mouth <laughs> is mouthfeel synonymous with texture? Um, I don't know. Think so? No. Uh, texture is more of a chewing sort of a an all encompassing with it, like with chewing, where mouthfeel is 
more like a liquid liquids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, you know how some, uh, some broths taste thicker than others, like a consomme tastes thicker than a regular broth. We're probably going to get BTFO in the comments. I don't care <laughs> about mouthfeel about what about food, <laughs> about knowing how like food is supposed to taste and like what things are like, you know, like a, Anyways. See, mouthfeel is an okay thing to be like picky about, but people like grown adults who are picky about texture, like they won't eat certain vegetables because of the texture. I just they're they're children. Okay, it's a it's a bold stance there. I mean, there's certain mouth, there's it, certain it, textures it, it, I don't like. Cer- is there not certain textures that uh, you find distasteful, Reinhardt? You'll just eat anything. There's I mean, a, it's not the texture itself that's the issue. If the food itself is gross, right? That's one thing. If the thing. food doesn't taste good, but if something, and if you like, just don't like how it feels, that's just come on. Well, no, I understand. Like people that won't eat, say, for example, I don't know, raw uh, raw oysters, right? Because of the, the, it's like eating a mouthful of schnot, like some people would say. Uh, I can understand that textural, you know, aversion. Uh, some people don't, some people don't like, um, what is it? Uh, gizzards and hearts. Like my mom used to make fry up like country style gizzards and hearts, chicken gizzards and whatever. Right. And the texture of them can be kind of grisly. And some people don't like that texture. I get that. I I, I can understand that. Some people like it bothers me about the texture of coconut. Really? Like shredded coconut or just like, like a chunk or like, or like cantaloupe. Oh, I love cantaloupe. Yeah, I love cantaloupe. Yeah, I love I love melon in general. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just not a like a I don't know. Maybe I will just eat anything, but yeah, I've I've never never understood that with adults. But no, like I said, I can understand pulp, somebody that won't eat down to like a taste. Like what the texture of orange lots juice? Of pulp, lots of pulp and orange juice. I like I like my love orange it. juice chewy though. Chewy. Yeah, I like a nice thick. Thick OJs you can eat with a spoon if you need to. Like basically an orange in a glass. Okay, so like, like you, you can, can put it like in the freezer and it will be a it slushy. Between your teeth afterwards. Like yeah, like you need to floss when you're done yes. drinking it. Yes, I like that kind of OJ. And also, now don't get me wrong, like a like a pulp free Tropicana at like two in the morning when you've got like the driest of mouths and you like stumble over to the fridge and there it is and you drink half of that half a gallon and oh it's so good I love that too so I'm, I love good orange mouth, juice in general good mouth feels dude yeah there is good fantastic mouth feels fantastic absolutely <laughs> yeah in the summertime when it's hot and you're like, oh my god, so hot. You get up and there's like this orange juice in the fridge. You stumble over to the fridge in the middle of the night in the dark and you grab grab a half gallon, you turn it up, and you drink until you can't breathe anymore. Are you doing a Tropicana ad right now? Do we I mean, have a sponsor? I mean no, but now I want some. Johnny Monoxide making a Tropicana ad for the widest kids you know YouTube channel. <laughs> I hate these dirty Jews and globalists. And if you want to keep supporting the info war, you go ahead and buy yourself some Tropicana. That's right. <laughs> Man, I remember my grandparents, when my grandparents lived in Beverly Hills, Florida, and my grandfather had two grapefruit trees and four orange trees in his backyard. And we used to make fresh. Oh, yes. Trees. Yeah. 
I wish we played the I wish we played that Hannity 30 seconds where he's talking about the people stranded in Afghanistan right, and somehow just, ties it into a my pillow. This goes right into a Mike Lindell commercial. Yeah. That's that was that was pure radio genius and uh, it was and I think it was masterful. off the cuff too. I'm pretty sure that was off the cuff. I don't think that was scripted whatsoever. If that was not scripted, that is that is absolute just pure genius. It really is. That's how I know he's Jewish, because that that right there, the high verbal IQ to be able to slide right into that. Right, like it, it's like him saying stuff like, "And Janet Yellen, you know, plans on you know, plans on bumping the debt to the country, so you should buy my gold. My gold, my gold will help you secure your financial future." Right. <laughs> Wait a second. This is a, this whole thing is an infomercial. And a my pillow will help secure your spinal future. Always has been. <laughs> God. What it's all a my pillow commercial? Always has. Always been. has been. That's right. So you guys Dogecoin. You guys. So speaking of Dogecoin, apparently there's a new coin in town called Sheeb. It's the Shiba Inu coin. <laughs> and it's based off you'll never guess. It Bitcoin. sounds Jewish. It sounds like something straight out of the Kabbalah. Come on, guess. It's based off Dogecoin. Come on, obviously. Right? Which oh. is which is an Ethereum based token. Um and apparently it went up to like two billionths of a penny. And a bunch of guys at my, my work, um, they all made like ten thousand dollars. Good for you guys. Uh, yeah, crypto, because uh, Elon Musk said something about it. So you know what happens when Elon Musk talks about a cryptocurrency. Then the market His just wife, soy jacks. Yes. His wife divorces him? No. Well, <laughs> well, that's when they would need to split assets is when that is. Uh, him and Grimes were never married, so it's not like they had Oh, that's right. Split. That's true. They were. Yeah. Come on, dude. They were way more woke than marriage. Right, they were dude. Life they're partners. Zoomers, bro. Oh, so, they're Zoomers. Oh, they so traded feet pics, you know? Oh, so she started reading the Communist Manifesto after realizing there was no prenup. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She wasn't reading the Communist Manifesto, dude. I swear to God, she had a copy of White Power that wasn't the Communist Manifesto. Stop it. Oh. I thought she was reading For My Legionaries. I was actually, actually, I'm not even, it was, I was going to, my heart was going to get mad. It was actually Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> she was reading the, the Samaritan. The Samaritan? Yeah. The Samaritan Manson? What is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. You having, you having a stroke? She was reading the Samaritan Manson. The Samaritan. It's got the, uh, all the, uh, all the, it's like the, the Matthew of uh, the Tolkien world. It's got all the begats in it, right? Well, she she was she was reading a thing on she was reading a thing on Renaissance art, and she was on the page about the molestation of some lady. Renaissance, it's Renaissance dogbot. Okay. Yeah, thank you. It's Renaissance fair, right? Not Renaissance fair. Right. Jesus. And there's an e at the end. It's actually fairy. Uncultured swine. Right. You completely uncultured grugs. As opposed Speaking to our friend, culture, as, a, as opposed to our to cultured say. grug friend, Borzoi. Yeah, the cultured grug. Yes, the the premium or premier culture grug. The supreme arbiter of culture in the grug world. 
You know, we should get him with uh, Faking Space. Oh, wow. The Arbiters of Truth and Culture. No, but the, the thing is, is, is like, Borzoi kind of is and Faking Space kind of isn't, so. Right. Bor- Borzoi actually reads the shit out of books and digests what he's reading and is able to synthesize it into something that normal people could understand if they actually have the patience. Right, and Faking Space just gets his mind blown about 13 times a day like fucking Joe Rogan. Right. <laughs> Every time this guy sees a new Google fucking Chrome meme, he's like... Apple Maps. Yeah. And posts it on Telegram. Dude. For 10 hours straight. Dude. Like, he literally pounded sand. For hours. Hours. And that's Every how the Arc de Triomphe was made. Guys, that's it. That's how they made Geo the Arctic. But I want to. I still. I mean, honestly, like the statue on top that sometimes is there and sometimes is not. I wouldn't worry about it. I, I mean, I'm not, but kind of I am. I you mean, know? honestly, though, what's more denial of achievement? That they were able to really, move that statue more than once. Like that's a pretty big fucking achievement. They probably broke it yeah. the second time, and that's why it's not there anymore. It was probably like an annual thing, and somebody fucked up and dropped it and broke a wing off one of the Pegasus or something. Well, you know, like when you're making a movie and, and you gotta do like the cast of like the makeup prosthetics, where you have to do like a clay cast of, of some movie prop or something, you pull oh, right. it out of the, the mold and it's just broken. That's probably what happened pulled it out and they're like ah oh, we can't get it this year you know what let's let's forget about this right we just won't do it anymore the yeah. molestation of some pegasus right Ooh, it's not as funny when you force it mm-hmm. yeah gross what yeah don't we're not no stop i know where this is going and we're not doing <laughs> it anymore all right and I, I i've already said no Jack's can I, can I stick you punch. into uh, something that I found while I was looking at Dogbot's prep for this week? Yes, please stick you into the prep. <laughs> so I was looking at, um, I'm not going to reveal what we're what we're going for, but this is one thing that will come up, is uh, little hominids, little people. Mm-hmm. And it got me wondering about a guy named P.T. Barnum. We should all know who he is by this point. That's a really terrible segue, but okay, go ahead, continue. Yeah, well, you know. There's no real literally not a segue before we get into any content real quick. I just want to let whoever sent us. We did get something in uh, in the mailbox this week. Uh, Thank you. Random guy from Wisconsin who sent us two red TRS oven mitts and a TRS T-shirt. From like a long time ago. So sweet. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. For the memorabilia. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So there's two. So you guys can fight over the two uh the two oven mitts. We have two red TRS oven mitts here. So when you you guys can fight over those. I have enough products for taking hot things out of an oven. It, but this one's a TRS. What does that mean? One. This one's a he has enough oven mitts, is what he says. 
Oh. I have like six pairs of oven mitts. Why did Why did you just say that? I don't know. He was trying to be. <laughs> like, like what? Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. It's like I I, I have multiple things. That I have enough. Some are some are mitts. Some are right. Some are just pads that you can like pick up the thing and take one out of your hand and put it down and set the pl- the pan on there. Like sure. Did you just Did you just describe to us how things are removed from an oven? that are hot <laughs> i'm just saying like some are actual mitts and some are other things <laughs> go on oh that was it like gotcha I'm, all right enough I'm about the oven mitts do a bit here so yeah so speaking of oven mitts like i said we got two trs oven mitts all right i'll 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 take the trs oven mitt. yeah no i know you well you're gonna i mean you know I don't have nearly as many products as Reinhardt here does for right, removing, for removing out of the oven. For removing ta- things a, from the I have a kitchen I have a kitchen towel that I fold over in half and I pull stuff out real fast. We have we have oven mitts and I still use the kitchen towel because the kitchen towel yeah. is closer. The kitchen towel is always right there in the handle of the oven. Don't you guys keep yeah, a kitchen towel is, in the handle of the oven? This is how I've been used to doing it like my whole life right right uh we we stopped keeping the kitchen towel on the handle because my son would just pull them down all the time anyway so we just started putting them on the counter again ah okay well we still have the kitchen towel in the kitchen in the in the oven that's where yeah but also we we do um we have seasonal we have seasonal uh potholders i believe they're called oven mitts oven mitts are one thing potholders are a separate thing okay Yes, thank you, potholders. That's what I was looking for. There you go. <laughs> thank you. That's right. Get it right. Lord. You gotta know where to, you gotta know what section to look at when you're in the uh the uh I guess that would be in the beyond section of bed, bath, and beyond, because like bed and bath is there's no kitchen stuff in there. It'd be the beyond. So your kitchen stuff is in the beyond section at bed, bath, and beyond. I guess I don't yeah. know. We have no, we have I mean, a grocery store here called Fred Meyer. That's it's basically Kroger just rebranded, hmm. but they have like this mega store. It's about thirty forty five minutes away from our town, and they've got it's basically Bed Bath and Beyond mixed with a grocery store mixed with a JC Penny. Oh wow! Yeah, in in Ohio, that's um, I think Meyer is like that. It's like a it's like a Walmart and a grocery store and a. Like a everything store. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it might be the Meyer out of Fred Meyer. But oh. Anyways. The big umbrella of grocery stores. They're actually only owned by yes. like one company. Yeah. It, well, we have a similar store here, but it's called Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb? You mean like, like General Tom Thumb? Like the little P.T. Barnum guy? Yeah. Huh. The dwarf. See now, Reinhardt. See that's a Sigu. Okay, that's his next. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, his yeah, his yeah. best friend was called <laughs> Captain Cum. Yeah, Captain. No, no it, was, it was Nut. It was Captain Nut. It was Commander. Commander. Oh, oh, my oh, bad. Commander oh, Nut. My oh, bad. Sorry, Commander I, Nut. I got confused with Captain Cum. <laughs> yes, Cap. No, that I'm was, sorry. It was well, Commodore. I'm I'm wrong. Oh, Commodore Com- Nut. Commodore Nut. Yes, you had him confused Classier. with with the uh, with the guy who didn't make the cut for the show. Captain Cum. Jesus. Captain Cum. 
Like I said, we weren't going to do gross jokes, and then we we're going to do Captain Cum jokes. You know. Well, he, like, he, was, <laughs> he was fired from the freak show because he only had one trick, and it it didn't work. Enough. Well. That's enough. <laughs> All right, we did. That's enough of that one. That one's beaten into the ground for the evening. That's that's what Bartum said. Yeah, I, oh, that's what that's what she said. All right. Um, well, he got really mad because he also he also lost his uh, apparently the midget love of his life to Tom Thumb. Commander right. Nut just couldn't make it. Right there was a there was a love triangle, <laughs> a really <laughs> tiny. It was a midget love triangle. A little tiny really love really, triangle. It's a really small acute triangle. Right, it was very <laughs> acute. I don't oh. know. I think I'd call that one isosceles. Wow, really? Nothing? No. <laughs> Y'all suck. It, acute actually works there. Isosceles doesn't make any sense as a word. Actually, acute is less than 90 degrees. They're short. They're less than 90 inches. Like, I don't acute. know. What? And <laughs> acute. And acute. And acute. I don't know. None acute. of these people were cute. <laughs> See, once you start explaining the joke, it's no longer funny. All right. But so seriously, back, though, none of these people were cute. No, none of them were. Back in those days, there was no attractive people. You ever notice that? Like in the times of the bootstrap people, of the, the, of the first Vanilla Sky pictures, none of those people are, are. I mean, those are handsome, very handsome people. You know what I mean? It's like there's no really pretty women or really what we would consider a good-looking guy. They're all very rugged, their appearances. Like, there's handsome guys, sure, maybe. Sure, but I guess, but the not. women, uh. Very, very handsome women, too, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, for some reason, it's not until, like, the 1920s that you start getting some really, uh, some really attractive women in the pictures. Hmm, wonder why. Golden Age of Hollywood. Huh. Interesting. It's possible that that's what it was. They just changed. Well, they just changed everybody's standards of beauty. Exactly. And everybody's perceptions. Right. But pretty blonde girls have always been pretty blonde girls. Like true, but the standards didn't invent Jews didn't invent pretty blonde girls in the 1920s in Hollywood. They just slutified them. And you know, turn men into those pretty blonde girls. Well, that too. They weren't pretty Who, who's blonde. Who's the painter girl. that painted fat chicks? Frank Frazetta. No, his aren't fat. They were just thick. And I, I know I was making a joke. <laughs> I, Frank, don't, I would never sully the name of Frank Frazetta. The origin of Dude, the, Frank Frazetta. Yeah, thick. Frank Frazetta lived the life uh, artists would dream of living. Absolutely. Talk about were you? Are you talking about H.R. Geiger? No. no. Drew the fat chicks? <laughs> no. H.R. No. Geiger drew like really gross, like biomechanical stuff, but there was no fat chicks. Penis no. aliens. Ansel Adams? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Romanesque. Uh, Rubenesque. Ru- oh, Ruben. The- yes, Ruben. Yeah. Yeah. And Ruben was only like a couple of ham sandwiches bigger than Frazetta's girls, anyways. Right. Well, I don't know. They like, weren't fat Chef girls. Told me that was his favorite painter. They weren't. Chef said that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then they were fat girls. See, when Chef says Rubenesque, he he's he's thinking the girls that are in the um, 
beautiful at any size, like ads, is Ruben-esque. But what he's, he really means is like a Ruben on rye with like extra sauerkraut, extra sauce. That's what he really means. Sounds Jewish. Yeah. Well, clearly. Wait, Ruben's Ruben was the guy who did the uh, did the Adam and Eve picture where Eve is like 200 pounds, right? I think you're thinking of Gustav Clint. I don't know. Peter Paul Rubens or Peter Rubens? No. Oh, I don't know. I don't then, know. Yeah, I don't know which Ruben you're talking about. <laughs> mm. I just know this guy did very muscular women. Muscular? Muscular, fat. Let's yeah. see. By Rubens. It would be Rubens with an S. If only we had an intern here tonight. Yeah, but he's off. We could have solved so. this by now. Yes. I mean, uh, I pulled him up. <laughs> the intern? No. Well, yeah, I always have him on speed dial, but. Oh. For sure. <laughs> Father, I know it's your night off, but we need you to look up this painting. Fall of some fat lady. The fall of some fat lady. Did anybody hear it? All these women are just their faces. These paintings of these women of Ruben are just their faces. I don't see any fat women. This is the one I was talking about. All right, what do we got here? We're looking for chubby. Nope, that's not him. That's not who oh, I was okay. talking about. That's not... Eve's not, like, fat there. I don't know. She looks like she's already given birth, like, four, ten, four or five times. Well, God bless her. Oh. Interesting choice of who's handing her the fruit. It's not a serpent. No, it's... Yeah, that too. The serpent's up in the tree. Well, you know the... Yeah, you know the pedophilic undertones of some of these artists too the right. chair babies right right okay so why do we bring up pt barnum in the midgets again reinhardt uh, don't ask me you, you started to you it was bot stuff well why did you but you see you didn't i started that that was a tangent right but what was the point of the tangent is what i was asking oh little people just oh, little the people. Fantastic love triangle. Right. The well, tinies. we can take that into our actual content. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about little let's talk about little cryptids. How about that? Well, you want you want to let everybody know where our destination is yes, this tonight's, particular tonight's destination on Spooktober on the Paranormies. We're uh we're doing spooky, scary, Halloween y stuff for the month of October. So we're going down south of the border to Mexico. Mexican cryptids, Mexican spook. Spoop. How about that? One one thing, one question I have before we really get into this. Sure. How do we feel about these Mexican cryptids? Like how how must they feel right now with everybody leaving the country and coming over here? Are they like celebrating that they get some of their land back or what if they're taking them with them? If they're bringing... They better be going to Ohio. So, like Donald Trump said, so there were, some are murderers, drug dealers, and I assume some of them are cryptids? It, yeah. Uh, he said, you know, basically, 
something to the effect of they're bringing their rapists, their drug dealers, their lechuzas. Right. And some of them, I assume, are good cryptids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These are not doctors or lawyers. No, those are the Somalians. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Which they have their own. Well, I. Somalia has I cryptids. Hearing, I thought the Somalians. I remember were the hearing an Irish immigrant say once that the that when the Irish came over here, they took their superstitions here with them, and by bringing their superstitions with them, they brought their fairy folk with them. Right. So could well, could I, the same not be said? Could the same not be said of the uh, mestizo population of the landmass we call Mexico, bringing sure. their superstitions and creatures with them up here oh they totally could but which which irish um which irish cryptid did they bring i mean did they what did they they bring the leprechaun um well uh, the brownie the brownie yeah the bugaboo uh that's somali yeah i thought those were the somalis too those were the bulb heads right Bugaboos, bugabears. <laughs> Bugbears? Yep. Yeah. Bugabears. Bugaboo bears on No, Mars. those are created for D&D. Come on. Right. Bugbears. Yes. But no, they, yeah, no, no, no. They're, with the Irish specifically, the, the fey folk was something that they definitely brought with them, whether they actually did or they just brought their superstitions. Oh, no. The fey were here. No, the fey were here. If the fey, fey were, were anywhere, here. the fey would have been here already. The fae, the fae came with the Irish because they hadn't seen their, their relatives from that side of the family in a long time. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, they brought some fae with them, possibly. I don't think the fae need to take a ride like on the Mayflower or anything like that. I think the fae can go where they want. Possibly. Well, I, I'm just saying, if I see a ring of mushrooms in a open field, I'm not stepping in it. No, you shouldn't. I mean... Yeah, do just not. Seems, just seems like a terrible idea. It does. If you you're might in end the up in the forest and you hear pipes in the distance. Run. So, the first, the first uh, Mexican cryptid. Yes. Is a tiny person, and it's called the Alush. It's A L U X. Yes, the Alush. And and they are the legends say that they are beings that are older than the sun which I found to be incredibly interesting. Uh, they're known to be caretakers of nature. And basically, that they, they're related to elves and, and their appearance. And all depictions of them show them as like short, pointy-eared humanoids. Uh, they're mischievous. And they remind me a lot of tales that I heard from an old Irishman about brownies. Basically brownies would be summoned to help around your, your cottage, your house or whatever. But then after a while they get sick of doing it and they start screwing shit up. They start, they start being mischievous and moving stuff around like hiding your shoes or in modern times would be your car keys or your phone, stuff like that. Yeah. And ba- or like basically- pulling out your plants. But the, the thing that struck me while reading about the Alush was the way that they were created 
and the way that they're created is you go to your local shaman and he t- you know he he molds them out of clay and then he uses nine drops of your blood as offering as as an offering to to bring the creature to life so it's kind of like a homunculus in a way it reminded me of the al- alchemical processes i've I, I read about creating a homunculus and over time, in order to placate it, you have to keep giving it offerings of corn, which we all know that corn is basically the demon fruit of this uh, of this continent. <laughs> it's it's you know, corn corn is evil, and um, so a- after about seven years, they're in your service for about seven years, and in order to keep them from becoming absolute terrors in your life after that seven those seven years expire you're supposed to build it like a little house out back <laughs> this honestly sounds like how people would treat like black indentured servants who also serve for seven years um most indentured servants weren't black though that is fair yeah most indentured servants were white and they died No, that is interesting. It also uh, draws parallels to about uh, the clay creation aspect, uh, homunculus, as well as the uh, Jewish, actual like Jewish Kabbalah tales oh, of the, the golem, golem. Yep. the Jewish specifically golem. the blood portion. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep, using the the blood to bring it to life. Yeah, it is interesting. Hmm. Um, so, what are the what are, what do these Alush do? Like now in modern Mexico. Well, okay. So it's not just these Alush. There's the other ones, the, uh, what are they called? Shinex, Shinequas, Chanequas, 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 C-H-A-N-E-Q-U-S, Chanequas, Alush and Chanequa. Okay. C-H-A-N-E-Q-U-E-S. We have a pronunciation expert here live on the show, Johnny. Okay. So, Reinhardt, how do you pronounce that? It'd be the Chineke. Chineke? Chineke. <clears throat> Chineke, huh? Man, I'm, so, I, I'm, I'm struggling not to just die laughing. I mean, is Chineke not some black broad up the road? Right. Know? Right. I mean, yeah, literally Chineke. Honestly, <laughs> I hate that bitch Shanequay. <laughs> right, Shanek. That's uh, actually Shanek. Shanek. <laughs> Here, this is how it's pronounced according to the internet. Listen, Shanek. No, you. Yeah. <laughs> I I stick with Shaneke. Uh, okay. Honestly, it's usually the hard ch in Spanish. Plus the, the Q U E is K. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is. Let me see. Let me see. What, let me see if uh, Wikipedia has a pronunciation for this. Those who inhabit dangerous places is not. what the name Shanek means. Shanek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dan- Dangerous places? Are they talking uh, jungle or like abandoned places, desolate places? That's definitely something that is common throughout different cultures. 
Yeah, or Juarez. <laughs> El Paso. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of these motherfuckers from Juarez. <laughs> right. A little tiny little elves with their feet on backwards. Did you notice that? Or, Did you guys notice that? I I don't think these feet are on backwards in these in the statue representations here. No, in the that drawings the- in the in that Mexico unex- in the Mexico unexplained in the drawings their feet are all on backwards. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, I hadn't seen that. That I know that's a quality of a being called the Kalinoro out of uh, Madagascar, but I hadn't seen that yet for the Alush. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there was be a the type Chinex. of fairy folk that had his feet on backwards too, and basically. Uh, it was to mislead people on where to go in the forest. Right, because yeah. it would run forward, but its footsteps would look like it was running backwards. Yeah. Or it was running the opposite direction or something. Yeah. So apparently, um, a Chinek, Chanakwe, uh, was captured in the early 2000s. But no photos exist of this incident. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Of course not. Uh, when 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 Steve Quayle had a a robust YouTube presence still in 2014 and 2015, mm-hmm. he had a video of a Mexican dwarf that was caught in someone's kitchen, and it kind of looked similar to this drawing. It came, it literally like came out of the wall, and somebody had grabbed a hold of it. And then like it got loose. It was it was just yeah, this real brief thing. That was supposedly another one of those stories of a monkey with mange or something is what it turned out to be. Right. That just comes out yeah. of the wall. Right. But, just you know. That's where you, what, your monkeys with mange don't just jump out of your walls? I mean, come on. No, I keep them satisfied. Ah. I stay in. I moving on. Um <laughs> Um, there was also a story, uh, this, I don't think there's one in here on any of this, but this is a story I heard a long time ago, uh, well, 10 years ago or so. Apparently there was a, uh, a modern kidnapping of a child, um, from his backyard that was attributed to an Alouche. Um, they like to apparently kidnap children huh. and take them into the jungle. As far huh. as I know, the kid was never found. That's, but it is also Mexico. Right. So, I mean, it's a good chance it's also the cartels. Right. And also, far- farmers are really superstitious about screwing with these guys' natural habitat. So, in modern times now, they leave them packs of smokes. Huh. Interesting. Well, I yeah, know... I um, them. You know, it's funny. In 2010... Uh, there was an Elton John concert at the um, the archaeological site of Chicken Itza, right? So the stage collapsed right before the performance, the day before the performance. And so there's no weather disturbances or anything like that. So the show promoters were like, um, hmm, did anybody think to secure the blessing of the local Alush? Maybe the Aleush are homophobic. Right. Well, what happened was, so like, you know, previous years, uh, Placido, Placido Domingo and Sarah Brightman had had concerts there with no problems because the proper precautions of placating the local Aleush via the local shaman 
uh, had already happened. The Elton John concert organizers had forgotten that step. So they then went and got a Maya shaman and uh, he conducted the proper procedural proceedings to placate the um, Alush. I got to hand it to the shaman and the concert promoters on that grift right there. That is a good con right there. I, I, well, I'm, were, you, were you sabotaged? I'm that, you sab- is, that, well, is, that is impressive. I mean, explain, impressive. explain the explain the collapse of the stage. It was the it was the, it was the illusion. set up the collapse by the concert promoters and collusion with the fake shaman in order to draw some of that Disney fucking money out of Elton John. <laughs> okay, well, Plasco Domingo and Sarah Brightman just coughed it up beforehand. I mean, I don't it, know who those people are, but Elton Plastico, John, Placido Domingo Elton is John's like a got, huge, huge Placido Domingo is a huge star in like the older boomer crowd. Yeah, he's he's an uh, opera did he, singer. Yeah, did he opera do singer. the soundtrack for Lion King. Uh, okay, we're talking That's about worldwide and and not just fat eight year olds. I'm just saying, Elton John's got way deeper pockets than both a a Placido Domingo and a Sarah Brightman combined. I, I really I mean, I mean, sure, but I don't understand what your argument that you're trying to make is. But okay, so that that Elton anyway, John so they went taken. and. So by, they, by some con artists. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've okay. seen multiple TV crews that have filmed down in Mexico that have had to go through the same ritual before. Um, whether pushed by the public or by the authorities. And they seem very serious about it, at least. So if it's well, a the con, then it's, they're conning everybody they can. Right. Well, they're, I imagine you also have to pay lots of bribes in order to do jack shit down there. It's Mexico, so yes. Yeah. So between bribes and cons, you're coughing up some dough. Well, it's Mexico, so you already knew this. Cryptids and spooky things up to just massive Mexico cons. No, just just uh, just concert failings that's that somehow are magically fixed by by a shaman showing up and doing some ooga booga shit. I thought we weren't going to make fun of the people. Did anybody see any of the tiny little people fucking <laughs> with the the rafters and whatever else that caused the? I'm the, I'm sure the I'm sure they were like, the hey, trail. they forgot to pay us to do the fake thing. So quick, destroy their stage. I'm sure that's exactly what happened at the uh, you know archaeological uh, historical Chikinitsa site. I'm sure that they have, you know, a um. Uh, sort of Teamsters Mafia that was like, hey, they didn't pay the VIG. So, yeah, quick. I would I would think more than anything, they would want to uh, at least feign some sort of ambivalence towards doing a concert at one of their most sacred sites. And Can therefore, met- oh, therefore use that. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they would allow it. I mean, other than the government, you know, in money and whatever, but like. Shouldn't you not? Yeah, but be- then you can just say like this is a this is a special site. You can't build anything here to begin with. Can you imagine what the can you imagine what the union boss of a little brown elf person like race would be like? <laughs> like 
and like the overalls with like a black with like a black mustache. And he's got like male patterned baldness. He's smoking a cigar. He's about whatever like twenty percent BMI overweight that uh that the little brown elf would be. Fucking scabs. You're going a little far with that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Mexico. Yeah, so Mexico. So tell us more about Mexico, Dogbot. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go I next? I don't know. We, we did the we did the um we just did the little the the little uh union scabs. So <laughs> the little union scabs. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the concert the uh teamster the anti teamster guys there, the Alouche who apparently don't like it when you don't pay the bridge toll um what's the uh okay so that's that one well well there's another humanoid one right yeah well there's a couple more there there is one okay there's there's a very nice mexican lady at work and she brings me pumpkin empanadas and i appreciate that very much they're very they're they're homemade they're nice and sometimes she'll bring uh tamales and stuff and that's very nice of her and i asked her what are some like wild superstitions about from where you're from? And she she told she, she her eyes got wide a little bit. She was like, "Have you heard of the Llorona?" I, I I didn't know what she was talking about, but basically, and this is also ironic because there's another analog for this in from Ireland or maybe Scotland, and as, as the banshee. But it's yes. basically the weeping woman or the whaler, and it's a female ghost who's, who's beautiful, who roams waterfront areas mourning the children that she drowned. So, and if you go to the, the link, they, there's this really freaking creepy statue. I'm not sure if it's like a statue and a fountain, but it's of the La, La, La Rona. Sorry, La Llorona. Yeah, two two L's is a yeah sound. Yorona. Yeah, La Yorona. Um, so, yeah, so she drowns her two children. Origin. So the origin story is she drowns her two children because well, there's several different versions of the story, but one is she sees her husband with another woman, and so she drowns her two children. Okay, Casey Anthony. Um, and... The second she only one had one. Whatever. I mean, you know. Mexicans always have like nine kids, right? One, four, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Uh she's also a, exonerated. Right. In another version of the story, her Why children are illegitimate and she drowns them so that their father cannot take them away to be raised by his new wife. Yeah, the old if I can't raise them, I'll kill them. You know. Yeah. Well, there was that one evil Yo, bitch in dazzle, Texas that there was that one evil bitch in Texas that looked like a creepy librarian who drowned all four of her kids. And she didn't kill herself. Oh, right. She ran the car into the, into the lake. No, no, no. Uh, no, th this one, this one did them all in the bathtub. Oh, okay. No, who's the one that did the car? Did the whole, the bunch of kids in the car. Was that Casey? Anthony? Oh, no, no, that was, uh, Oh, she well, was Casey caught. And Anthony drowned like 
killed and drowned her daughter in a right. pool. Right in the pool. No. Right. Uh, no. No, Casey Anthony knocked her kid out with chloroform and put her in the trunk, and she stuffed no, the kid in the trunk. I thought, who's the pool? Well, then who drowned the mo- the kid in the pool then? I really don't want to look up how many yeah. women have drowned their kids. Yeah, I'm it's also, not a good. No, it's, I'm, it's, I'm not not gonna, a, it's 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 no, but uh, it's a bad rabbit is, hole to go down. Yeah. Well, yeah, the thing is, is not many of them had the. Uh, the sudden presence of mind is this uh, this ghost did to kill herself. <laughs> right. That's the other thing. This one killed her. She killed herself. Yeah. Well, and the thing the thing is about her too. She as soon as she did it, she immediately regretted it. Right. Uh, that's how the story ones, goes, and that's why she killed herself. Yeah. Yes. Right. She, Casey she Anthony looks like she'll do it again. From. I I love the uh, I love the Jewish uh, commentary here in the on the Wikipedia page. The mother archetype of La Llorona has been tied to patriarchal expectations of women in Mexican and Mexican American culture by several authors, historians, and social critics. Social critics often consider Mexican culture to enforce patriarchal standards unto women, such as being such as being defined by their roles as mothers. Leorona's failing into the falling into the trope of an evil or failed mother having either committed infanticide or having failed to save them from drowning can be considered a reflection of these this evil patriarchal expectations. I mean, I don't, I don't you don't have to read it like that. <laughs> Boy, that was really gay, though. I mean. I mean like, I mean, you can read you it. You can have, look at it like that, but I mean, obviously. But so you can't even have a simple myth without it being gone through the lens of these these fucking people. I mean, more women should be defined by their roles as mothers. Right, like that's such I a agree. bad thing. Right, I'm. No, I don't. I don't see. Um. Yeah, I mean, they're just really just stating that this. I don't know. I guess I guess you can read it the way you did. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, um, back thing, to the back to the spooky part. One thing I will so say she, about La Llorona. Yeah. Yeah. The well, this is part of the spooky part. Um, so talk about earlier, you'd mentioned the banshee, and for some reason, we seem to really be falling down the uh, the rabbit hole of Mexican Irish or Mexican Phoenician mythology here um but uh differences with the banshee um yeah the banshee was uh that they currently believe in in county not county court county carlo uh, is where it is um she was married without any children she died and still the husband was unfaithful um both of these however seem to be arbiters or messengers of death whenever you see this woman or hear her cry somebody close to you is supposed to die and that's why you're hearing it or you're seeing her you or somebody you know um what do you think about that Hmm. Hmm. i mean this is the spooky part right right yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) well um 
well, you know. Okay, so, no, so, let's let's go back to the feminist conversation. Yeah, no, oh. definitely let's do the feminist stuff because that was much more fun. I I didn't expect a deep question all of a sudden. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't think it's that deep, Justin. <laughs> Hold on, what actually is the question? I. Wh- <laughs> so she's supposed to be a messenger of death. Hmm. Right. And what do you guys think about these these messengers of death that go throughout these different cultures? Because this is not intrinsic to just Mexican culture or Irish. This is all over. No, there's a harbinger this of is something death that has like made every it. culture. That's kind of kind of a thing. Death death always has. Death always has its 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 harbinger. Right. Like the 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 crow or the yeah, the, and the it's crying usually a lady or the whatever the what. Well, when it's when it's in a humanoid form, uh, you're right. The crow is, has always been one. The magpie, um, mm-hmm. but when it's in humanoid form, it's usually fucking swoop, you cunt. Careful with the magpies, dude. Swooping season. Well, in <laughs> in medieval times, sometimes it was a reaper at the end of the field, right? Right, right. So that's not humanoid necessarily. That that uh, was like a bad omen of famine. Well, a reaper is humanoid. Is you know, right? He's the guy in the in the robe with the scythe. Right. That's a humanoid. But not feminine. No, but humanoid. We're not just necessarily saying feminine. We said humanoid. Or a harbinger. <clears throat> There's always a harbinger of death. Whether humanoid or a bird or whatnot, you know, their death always has a somebody letting you know he's coming. You know. Well, at at the risk of getting certain listeners horned by mentioning this, the uh, Llorona is often seen as wearing a white wet dress. Oh boy! You know, yeah. Oh boy, and she's Latin, and she's Latin. Right. Oh boy. All right, I'll get my bonk stick ready. You know, speaking of speaking of horn and stuff like that, you do realize. a lot less men would have died in ancient Greece had Medusa had larger boobs. Why? They wouldn't have been looking at her face. Thank you. It's the obvious. I mean, I didn't think I had to. I didn't think I had to tell a fellow Xer. I mean, wow. Why is Medusa not ended up on fat people hate yet? <laughs> What? I mean, she had to have been fat. I mean, if you're if you're looking at her face and looking at the snakes, like there's nothing yeah, else. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess I could see how the snakes would be like distracting. You know, did you did she and like when she shaved her armpit? Were they little tiny little snakes that grew back? I think it was just her head hair. Okay, okay. all right. That'd be weird. Yeah, that'd did, be weird. Did Medusa's fupa have a rattle? Why? Would Medusa have A, the first part of that sentence, and B, let's not talk about it anymore. All right, we're done. I'm sorry I went down that road. This is my fault. Gross. Well, I mean, it just makes sense with an obese Medusa. I don't know how all of a sudden Medusa got to be obese, but yeah, because obesity (laughs) was a problem, apparently, in the time of the Titans that were clashing. So those aren't scales; those are skin tags, right? <laughs> All right. 
Mexican are you- me- Mexican cryptids. Mexican cryptids. So, and we're not just talking about like the hairy, uh, the hairy Wolfman kids that were on like Maury. Remember them? Oh yeah, the ones with um, God, what is the Wolfman disease? I, I know the Wolfman. Were, the, were those the ones that were being paternity tested? No, no. Hang on a second. <laughs> no, what did you call it? Let's see Run. if the father is actually human. Right, Talk that ain't about- my kid. That ain't my kid. I mean, look at how hairy that fucking thing is. I know. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. What's it called, Reinhardt, the disease? It's it's called hypertrichosis. Hypertrichosis. That's right. And it seems only only like 2% of the population of the earth has it. Right. And most of that population. Quite, quite an amount. Right. 2%, well, 2% of the population has it, and like 80% of that 2% is in Mexico. Yeah. Which is, right? Actually, let me. Let me I'm pretty Let me sure look that up. Hypertrichosis numbers. By I mean, I've, I've seen some cholo chicks around here with some eyebrows. Right. Look, like that's what I'm saying. That that's what I'm saying. They're like, they're like, they have like hypertrichosis tendencies. Some of them cholas, some of those cholas that have that straight across eyebrow. Right, and we we you have say the a, same thing about have, Indians. We have a robust laser hair removal. Uh, system in this part of the continent-wide strip mall. Sure, probably not. Well, and with the amount of gibs, with the amount of gibs available to minorities, you would think that they would go ahead and take care of them. Right. Sure. You would think. Ooh, speaking of speaking of Wolfman or uh, Wolf Zimzer, I don't know what gender you want to use for this one, but dog got have fun drawing lines on this. in the Skype. <laughs> well, do you guys remember the Harry, the, uh, when we did the uh, Southeast Asian hominid episode? That came up too. Yeah, I'm not drawing lines on that. That is gross. Thank you for that, Reinhardt. Oh, you're welcome. Hands look legit though. So it's probably a woman. It's a very unfortunate woman. Where's this? In the in the chat? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Oh, this is Alice Elizabeth Doherty. Yeah, poor thing. I don't. Okay, first of all, pressing X. Okay, not a single hair on her arms. Right, just cousin it face, like <laughs> just cousin it face. So your so your task is to proliferate the white race, and this is the woman that's available. Um, like the white race is dead. <laughs> I mean, uh, Christ, I mean, forgive me. Well, we'll see what we can do with Norelco and, you know, and, uh, uh, and a subscription to the uh, Shave of the Month Club for a little bit and see what happens. Right, because it can't, it can't grow back that long in one day, right? Right, right, right. Okay. You know what? Dollar Shave Club. I'm that, buying it. That's what I meant, Dollar <laughs> Shave Club, not Shave of the Month. I'm, I'm, I'm buying one of their boxes. Right, Dollar Shave Club. I used to get, you know, I still have like four hundred of those five packs of the Dollar Shave Club because once you once you start, you get like two a month or whatever, and then you forget to cancel your subscription, and you end up yeah, and they just keep coming. They just keep coming, and you just keep forgetting to cancel it. You're like, oh yeah, then I'll get, all right, I'll get it tomorrow, and you never do. Oh, what what racist book did I get today? Oh no, it's just more razors. Right, right, right. So but, we got another humanoid. Yeah, that thing is really nasty. Um, 
But we were not talking about those those people. What 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 humanoid are we talking about now, Dogbot? Uh, I heard about this one from a former coworker about six years ago, and it's always amused me. It's the La Lechuza, and Lechuza basically just means in Spanish owl, but the La Lechuza is a witch that is described as seven feet tall with a 15-foot wingspan and the face of an old woman and the body of an owl. Alrighty. That's pretty scary. So yeah, it's pretty scary. So this yeah. coworker said that he was in the car with his family when he was younger. They were on a road trip, and he looked out the side window, and he saw one in the trees, and it spread its wings. And then about 10 minutes later, they got in a very terrible car accident where they all had to go to the hospital. And he attributes the car accident to seeing the Lechuza in the tree. Hmm. I just want to say when I first opened this, um, I thought it said Lechuga, which is lettuce in Spanish. Right. Almost disregarded this. Right. I was like, okay, yeah, the lettuce monster. Okay. Well, then so I thought it was like. comes out at night. Then it was like, leche, I thought it was like the milk monster. Oh, okay. Leche. leche. Like the leche monster. Oh, okay. That's the milk monster. Oh, boogie boogie. Oh, okay. Wow. It's a um, giant owl faced woman. That's pretty freaky. The, that was my the nickname. Leche monster called, ring milk twice. Monster. Milk monster. So wait, the the leche monster is that is that what Mexican people use when somebody has a baby out of wedlock? Does nobody get the the old milkman thing? Oh, the milkman joke. Yeah, I got you. Yes, the leche. Oh, God. Oh, wow. God, I went like pre Gen Xer on that. Yeah, no, I know you, dude. I don't even think boomers got milk by the milkman. Yeah, they did. No, yeah, they did. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, when they were so, kids. When they were kids. Oh, no, that's fair. Anyway, so this Le- La Lechuza, so owl woman. Interesting. Hmm. She so she witch. is she like a witch? Yeah, into into witchcraft and shit. Okay, so also disguises does she shape shift? Yes. Uh, okay. Can can look like a woman during the day, but uh, basically a giant owl in the evening, but with a human face. Have you yeah, guys so ever? Such... Go ahead. Have you guys ever come into contact with an owl suddenly in the middle of the night? Like... Yes. As a matter of fact, about three yes. days ago, I was leaving for work, and there was an owl in the driveway. It's four a.m., and there's a gigantic barn owl in the driveway. It was eating a rabbit. Right. Like. And it, it took it off. Ever, have they ever flown at you? Yes. It like exploded off the ground into my headlights, and it scared the ever living shit out of me. I almost spit my coffee all over the inside of my windshield. Yes. Yeah, when, when it happened, when it happened to me, there was one in my mother's carport on top of her car, and uh, I pointed my phone light at it, and it flew right out the the thread. I, I swear, it seemed like it was gigantic. So I I, I really feel like a lot of this. Lechuza nonsense is being freaked out by owls in the middle mm-hmm. of the night, be- yeah. and just the way your brain distorts the uh, the experience, making them more gigantic than they actually are. Also, owls are 
all are sometimes not the least frightening of birds. They're pretty scary looking birds. Okay. Anyways, they have some of sometimes they have longer legs than you would think. Um, their their faces they don't always look cute when they're making like a, like they're coming at you with their mouth open. You know. No, and barn owls especially just have a. <laughs> They're they're pretty jarring, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at like the the article that you brought up talk about the top picture on this, like the header picture. That kind of owl, whatever owl that is, seeing it at night with those pitch black eyes and the way that they stand or the way that they like perch, they do crouch a little bit. So then when they go to take off, they stand up. Yeah, and they look and huge. Very quick. Mm-hmm. But they look massive. It doesn't matter if it's if it is a younger owl or something big with like a, a seven foot wingspan, which some of them do mm-hmm. have that. Um these things are freaking terrifying. Well, that's the and, like and what you just said is they, they crouch down because they're you know, like like the one I saw the other day, it was eating. And then when they go to stand up and their legs are rather long for a bird. So they stand up rather tall and they look at you with that giant white pie face. With those black eyes, and all of a sudden, you know, your your headlights are in the black eyes, and the, and the black eyes are reflecting back at you, and it just yeah, and it's not like you can really see that mouth moving. The beak faces downwards, right? But that so thing looks like a nose nothing. in a weird, freakish thing. When the the legs are long and it's got the big wings, and yeah, very scary. I could see, I could see how a primitive people like Mexicans. <laughs> could think that you know la lechuza could be an actual like owl woman but also have you seen the videos of those creepy like owl children in mexico oh, were you talking about the the ones that were doing the weird like satanic dance almost like the mm-hmm. five of them mm-hmm. i just sitting there yeah no oh now apparently those are some sort of owls that have it's always mange some sort of mange those are actual owls that actually have like some sort of disease. Oh man! Have you seen Have you seen owls without their feathers? They're not very intimidating. They look like sad penguins. They okay. they just they don't look right at They're all. Like, well, I don't know. Bears without their fur are very very fucking scary. Well, yeah. Have Have you guys ever seen a sloth without its fur? That thing does not look anything like a sloth. No, it looks, it looks like, like a, a monster. It looks like a long, weird, snaky thing. Yeah. So just like the other one we just mentioned, mm-hmm. the La Llorona. Yes. Uh, the La Lechuza is also is like a bad omen. So Always. That 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 yeah. seems to be a uh, with the supernatural humanoid. Uh, cryptids in Mexico. It seems to be that that seems to be a common theme, is that they are bad omens of bad things to come. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know what? There's a good way to get rid of it. Apparently, you can just curse at it. Oh, that's good. Because I'll be doing that anyways if I see it. But that, I, I, I guess that would be a last resort, right? I mean, well, cursing <laughs> at it. Yeah, I mean, at that point, at that point, what do you got to lose, right? I mean, I've probably already shot at it, so at that point. Well, Apparently, says, that makes it, it kill you. You can't shoot it. Yeah, no, you're yeah. not supposed to shoot it because if you shoot it, it kills you. I don't know how that works, but apparently, don't don't shoot at it. 
Um, but the thing, color. one of the things about this La Lechuza is, is it does the um, sneaky, uh, drag you outside sort of thing, listening to, oh, there's a baby crying outside. What's it, that a baby crying? Yeah, it does the baby crying thing. Yeah, okay. so very similar to the wailing woman. Right. So so you hear the sound of crying, so you go outside to check it. All of a sudden, there's a... Yeah, just call it puta, and you'll be fine. Right. <laughs> just remember your Mexican curse words. Yes. What does that one mean? Puta is like whore. Yeah, it means whore. Hmm. Or just kind of like uh, chingada madre, and you'll be all right. What does that mean? I'm not going to give a Spanish it, curse curse word yeah, lesson. This isn't right? a lesson Let's in Spanish. You live in fucking little Mexico. You should know these things. Yeah, right. How do you, you not know? How do you not know? It's willful ignorance. It has to be. I don't. I don't think so. I think so. Very. Yeah. I lived in I California for less than ten years. Condomite strip mall. I lived in California. No hobla jibber jabber. Yeah. No hobla jibber. Whatever. <laughs> I forgot you're a boomer, right? Hey, if you dream about her, that means somebody in your family will die. It's very similar to the Banshee. Very similar. Right. Again, we have a tie-in to the ancient Phoenician-Irish thing. Well, and one and one thing about all of these, um, they all seem to be tied to uh, females committing either murder sins or magic so using like satanic ritual or satanic magic or voodoo or whatever, um, using these abilities to shapeshift, to um, cause bad things to happen, mm. uh, to bring death upon people, um, that seems to span multiple cultures in the same way. And the owl symbolism here, it, it just gives me images of Molech, but that's just me. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I already don't like owls. There's a lot of owls. It says on, there, there are a lot of owls in Mexico. I mean, to be fair. It says here if she whistles outside your window at 2.15 a.m., uh, not to let her in, she will steal your wallet. Why 2.15, not 3.15? Because I figured Mexico being the like pagan Christian religion... Or having the pagan Christian religion that they have, like three fifteen, would be the the thing. Well, you only notice the wallet disappeared in the morning when she's not there. Okay, so actually, she's the the BPD goth girlfriend that steals your wallet before she leaves. Dogbot, hmm. did you give us a list of Arho Mexicans? Yeah, I think that's what. I uh, know. No, I did not. I mean, I mean, maybe because the next one I have on here is the Tlahula Puki. Well, the Tlahula Puki, the Haka Haka Uli Uli, whatever it is. It, it means it means light perfumer. All right, so I know it's not a Mexican woman. Yeah, I was I was yeah. gonna say. Yeah, that's not a Mexican <laughs> chick. The Mexican <laughs> Mexican females don't know anything about light perfume. Come on. No, they sure don't. Right. And, and and not name brand either. No, it's always like some off-brand like vanilla oil that you can smell from halfway across the mall. Look, man, it's something that their brother's cousin's friend got them, okay, from the mall. Right. Right. It's terrible. It's totally legit, and it's 40 bucks less, or 1,000 pesos less. Right. Exactly. 
So did you guys find the uh, link I have for the blood drinking sorceresses of Mexico? We we do have the link, but you know what, dude? We're like way into the the past the oh. end of the first hour. We're like a oh, we can bring that minutes. we can bring that up when we get back. Yeah, let's let's uh let's take a little bit of a break. We have another of um Dead Skeletons songs to do this week. We did we did Flawed by Design first time. This time we're gonna do Servitude to Death. And uh, we'll be back.
All right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I am still Johnny Monoxide with Dogbot and Reinhardt. We are in uh, Mexico, south of the border. We were talking about Mexican spoop. Uh, we were talking about some Mexican cryptids, some hominids, some spooky humanoids. Uh, we left off with basically, what did you say, Reinhardt, a succubus? A Mexican, no, not succubus, a Mexican uh, incubus. Ah, excuse me. Oh, a Mexican that incubus. That would be a dude. That would be a dude. These are, these are chicks. Yeah, these are chicks. Are incubi always dudes? Yes. Yes. Succubi are women. Incubi are. Right. Yeah. Incubus is also that terrible band I get confused with 311. They're not terrible. I feel like. Oh, no. Music. You know what? Oh, they are terrible. No, they're not. Well, they're not. They're not terrible. They're just eh. Eh. They're yeah. They're uh, everything. I'll, they're, I'll like, say. They're I'll a, say. Wish you were here was sort of a catchy song. They're a solid representation kind of, of '90s music. So, which does not saying much also, for '90s music. You know what? I wouldn't call this one a, uh, a succubus or an incubus. Actually, I at least I don't think so because there's no sexual aspect. Or is there? Uh, not real. I mean, there there is. Let let me. Uh, I'll get. Which to that. one is this one? Hold on. Is this well, the Talasso Pussy? The Lasso Pussy? Is that what you just said? Talahuel Pucci. I'm just gonna go with the translation. Light perfumer. There you go. Where do you see light? This perfume? one seems more like a sleep paralysis demon, like the the sitting lady, the sitting hag. That's what I'm thinking of. The one that like that the old hag that sits on you and will like suck your blood or suck your dreams or whatever. Man, shore leave is weird for you, man. Uh, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically the. Uh, Palacio Pucci is a woman who likes to feed on blood and has telepathic powers. And uh, they, they transform into many things, but the animals vary as far as turkey, fleas, cats, dogs, and buzzards. Uh, when they're shape-shifted, their abilities are limited to that particular creature, and they can't make it do magical stuff, except when they turn into turkeys, they can fly. Right, so, right. They fly around like a turkey or a buzzard. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they can wander around. You, they wander around looking like a donkey sometimes, you know? Right, and they, they glow. They have a phosphorescence about them whenever, they've, whenever they're in their animal form. They're well, also and they smell known, like blood, right? Yes, and they're also known to disappear by turning into steam. Steam. Steam or smoke, because the the translation, one of the translations for this na- for this being is a uh, fiery red smoke. Too. Hmm. Well, steam, smoke, plasma. Yeah, ether. This is true. Who knows? Ether. Uh, gin, smokeless fire. Hmm. So with their or hypnotic just... powers, uh, they use they use their hypnotic powers to get people to kill themselves. So yes, uh, you said you asked earlier if I was just picking art GFs with BPD. This is definitely counts among them. Uh, gets them to 
climb up to a really high place and jump to their deaths. Hmm. So does she just go after like adults in this uh, way? I think she goes after children. Uh, she uh, uh, like many of these, like like many of these Mexican uh, stories. Children, especially infants, are the primary targets. Okay. Interesting. Wait a second. So, Am I reading this correct? You can actually keep her away from your baby by wrapping the baby in a tortilla? No, by wrapping onions and garlic in a tortilla. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. That's right, the so lie. None of these are yeah, foolproof, Reinhardt, only Reinhardt, onions. Don't, don't be going... Don't be running, run to the store, grabbing a pack of flour tortillas and wrapping up the old kid. Yeah. Grabbing some extra large mission corn tortillas. Right. <laughs> I don't um, know what you Spaniards eat. No, those are uh, onions and garlic. Tortillas. No, tortillas okay. are Mexican, yeah. But I mean. Got scared for a second there. Yeah, you don't wrap the kid up. You don't wrap the kid up. So oh. as soon as these oh, check this out. They can be food, men. They, 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 they have to drink blood. Well, no, here's the thing. Here's the Tlahu, 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 uh, They don't even know if they are one of them until they hit puberty and begin to crave blood. They can be either sex, but are mostly women. And the meaner, more bloodthirsty ones are always women. <laughs> because, of course. There goes that patriarchal uh, mythology system again. Right, right, Jeez. right, yeah. Hmm. So I read in, in one of the articles I read about these that they turned evil because of race mixing. Based. What? <laughs> Become a demon to fight race mixing? Yeah. <laughs> Basically... <laughs> become a Jew to fight the Jews. That's what it sounds like. Where's this part of the story? I want to hear this. I want to hear this story. Tell, tell, (laughs) tell us about the race mixing. It's in the, uh, it's in the article, the 10, the 10 mythological, the, uh, the 10 most popular mythological creatures. It's not opening for me. No, it's all right. I've got it open. <laughs> all right. So, oh, this is this is funny. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. So, really, all it says is um, the legend comes from the Aztecs, who associated them with fireflies that spit fire. But to them, they were protective creatures that transformed into evil with the arrival of the Spanish and miscegenation where it is believed that they were normal women who suffered some curse. So basically normal women who are native women who race mixed with the Spanish or were raped by the Spanish. If we're going by, you know, normal historical right. narrative, normal historical mar- narrative is um, that they were raped. Right. Yeah. So it seems, so this seems like almost a, like a scarlet letter kind of thing. Like you, you betrayed your culture, your society, you must be cursed kind of thing. I mean, See much wrong with cursing those who betray their people, but uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seems awfully fair. <laughs> oh, light perfumer, indeed. 
that is that a reference to the amount of perfume or the skin? <laughs> yeah, I don't get the perfume, the light perfumer part. Either. I'm looking through the article. And yeah, I don't either. It doesn't give anything on that. Um, what another one does, though, that we have here, uh, it's the Molto, Molto Ghost. It uh, details quite a bit about this this being. Uh, she definitely focuses on like newborns, infants, babies. Um, for babies, apparently, their blood is the most potent or the most sweet to them. Uh, interesting adrenochrome kind of thing there. In my opinion, at least. And this uh, this rendering in that article is pretty it's pretty nuts. Which oh yeah oh the black and white one that's like holding the thing yeah. in its lap yeah very uh very, very limber Kronos eating his young kind of you know very limber there with the right it. leg too yeah almost looks simian honestly the face the face looks so simian a, yeah the, the, the legs it says look in human. this article uh it says in this article it'll sneak when it sneaks into your house uh, it must fly like some people say. That to enter the house, it must fly over the roof in the shape of a cross, first east to west and north to south. Others say that she can sneak through a keyhole or another small opening as an insect or as a paralyzing mist that knocks out everyone in the room. Uh, once inside, she turns back into a turkey and sucks her victim's blood with her long needle-like tongue. Good lord. When she escapes, she leaves the victim's body by the door. The position of the body, along with the purple mottled bruises around the victim's chest, upper back, neck, are signs of its attack. But you can protect you and your baby if you leave sharp objects under your baby's pillow. <laughs> so so if you leave knives, scissors, needles, and pins under your baby's pillow in the crib, it, uh, <laughs> it'll be fine. Right. Uh, yeah, my son can climb out of bed and almost get out of his room at night now. I do not want to give him a pair of scissors. That is going to end up in my stomach. Well, then just do what the other ones do. Wrap them in a tortilla. <laughs> right, just wrap, right. A, wrap an onion in a tortilla and tuck it under the blanket. It seems like if you're wrapping it in a tortilla, you're actually asking for this thing to eat your kid. No, you don't wrap the kid. We already went through that part. I don't know. I'm going to say this kind of sounds like a Mexican Casey, Casey Anthony situation. Wrap him in a tortilla and suffocate him. You don't him. actually wrap the kid. We... That's what it says. You wrap the, wrap the baby in the tortilla. No, it doesn't. No, it does say you wrap the, gun, the onions or garlic because they are the only things, the only two things guaranteed to ward off an attack. Right. Oh, it says if you also leave a crap-filled diaper near the bed. That yeah, be I'm sure too. that'll keep... Well, I mean, that'll keep all kinds of I'll stuff away. That'll keep a lot of people at bay. Right, right, right. God. Probably not the dog, though. The Things dog's like, ooh. The house. Nope. Right. No, it'll. the dogs will show up and be like, oh, yeah, crap-filled diaper. See, it's interesting. The the uh, hallmarks of an attack from this being are the bruising around the chest, neck, back, whatever. These are all things that could happen from, let's say, suffocation during a home invasion. That's right. kind of what I get from this. Like somebody comes into your home, beat you to death, suffocate you, choke you, whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's what this sounds like. Kill your baby. But then again, there are some weirdos in Mexico. 
Yeah, this is true. Also, cartels. Also, cartels, which are tied in with satanic religion as well. Just look at MS-13. I know they're not Mexican, but right. they are Central American. Right, but still. Well, Mexico is technically Central America, so. Yes, but I forget what country they're from. It's, it's El either, Salvador. Like El Salvador it's, or Guatemala Salvador. or something. They're Salvadorian and, yeah, Guatemalan and all those. Yeah. You know what but, else they have in but Mexico? these satanic things are tied in very intrinsically with Mexican beliefs. Yeah, that's true. Like all the Mayan stuff. A lot of blood rituals and yeah, different a of, things. A lot of blood rituals in the Mayan culture. You know what else they have I a got- lot in, of in Mexico? Besides hominids, what? cryptids. Yep. I got yep. I got three three main ones that I that I, I pulled up. All right. Let's do them. What do you got? Uh, the first one, I, I, I'm having a little trouble with this name. But okay. it's the Detund Tunkin. And that translates as the one who goes through the sky. Well, well, way to narrow that shit down. Uh, the Detund Tunkin is a black bird with a very large beak. It has no eyes. It looks like a shell. It has no soul. And it feeds on children. And it blows the wind of death from its mouth. Huh. The Dutun Tunkin. So it's a plague bringer? Basically, it's like an evil pelican. Pelican? That doesn't look anything like a pelican. No. An evil one. Like an evil... It looks like an evil eagle in the face with like a long goatee. And then like... It's wings. Oh, yeah, have like, it looks like it has, has a kiwi's like body. Yeah, like from New Zealand, like yeah. a kiwi body. Yeah, and then that one big old foot. I mean, every other picture I'm seeing of this thing, it just looks like a bird with a really long beak. Like, but nothing out of the ordinary, mm. from at least artistic depictions of it. I don't know from the monster mm. blog of monsters. I don't know from anything. Where Dr. Go from Mexican, a weird you, Mexican you, website. Okay. This one looks like, kind of like a Pokemon bird. What are you? What like, are you looking says, at? Drop like, a link. This says uh, it has one leg, but I mean, haven't we all seen birds that have like that perch on one leg and have one leg drawn up? I mean, th- sure. I, I find it very hard to believe that this bird actually only has one leg, only because it, in nature, it's very. It's I don't think there isn't one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean if you see a bird with one leg, typically it's one that's been like ripped off and they learn how to hop. But that's about it. <laughs> like I've I've seen a crow with a bum leg, but crow crow with the bum leg. Yeah, so it think... sounds like some indie hippie duo. <laughs> a crow with a bum leg. I don't yeah, yes. I don't think any of these Yeah. None of these are. So, what's the story behind this? Like, what what is the the legend origin of this? Well, I think that I think they would see these. I think they would see these things in uh, in the in the lakes and stuff like that, and they would try to they would try to capture them, and when they 
Uh, hold on. I think I think I'm getting that confused with the other bird one. Yeah, I think you are. This one seems to have a kind of a tragic backstory tied to it, from what I'm seeing. Because don't they all? <laughs> yes, they do. So I'm this trying to find. Is there any other kind of is there any other kind of backstory you can have out of Mexico? <laughs> I don't know. Like with a lot of the with a lot of monsters everywhere, the the the, the, the backstory is always very tragic. True. <laughs> a lot of them uh, do isn't this bird supposed to be blind though? Yes, it's supposed to not have any eyes. Right. Okay. Uh, here's here's a a story. A uh, legend has it that once there was a Maya shaman who dedicated himself to the healing and care of children and maidens of the mm-hmm. place where he lived. One day, while looking for medicinal herbs, he fell in love with a maiden to whom he sang, wrote poems, and gave all his heart. But the woman did not respond to his affections. The shaman then said that he would take his revenge for the humiliation he suffered. A long time passed. The maiden became pregnant with the son of the heir to the throne and gave birth to a beautiful boy who would be the future of all the people. But tragedy filled this story when, in August, when the temperatures were warmer and the flowers began to bear fruit, a man entered the infant's quarters. He approached the ears. He approached the ear singing a melodious and harmonious song that led the child to death. All the people witnessed how the flame of the future was extinguished. Then other shamans and wise men cursed this shaman, turning him into a soulless bird destined to have a beautiful song but full of evil and death so, so simps mad <laughs> yeah huh. he yeah yeah he didn't take it very well doesn't seem like he did no and he got turned to a funky looking bird because of it so right funky looking bird with one foot and no eyes right so if he's supposed to be a soulless bird, how is it even him? Wouldn't his soul have gone to like Shibalba? And the bird just continues on like a, a like an automaton, basically, singing this song? I don't know. There are a lot of mind shamans right now, they're just shaking their head. All all five of them that listen to us from that region. Right. <laughs> right. If we have a Mayan shaman that listens to this podcast, please let us know. Yes, please, would, please let us know to and talk to you. Tell us what you like the best. What you want us to talk about? Yeah, only tell if your it. English is good. Because if it's not, we'll get Angelo to translate. Yeah, or just <laughs> Telegram translate. Okay, I was trying to be nice. We can't even get people on to speak English that we want to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to get a Mexican guy to come on. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. So, um, what else do we have? This uh well, let's not do that yet. We did the Tahalapuchi, we the Mexican monsters. Oh, did you check out the rest of that Mexican monstresses series from that Tahalapuchi ep- epidemic article? There's a couple of them. There's another one. There's the Matlachi- Matlachihua. 
This is the ensnaring woman. Is the Matrachiwa an evil woman, an evil couple, or a being that can be whatever it needs to be? Like Malahora, the Matlachiwa has many descriptions, depending on whom you talk to. So she's primarily an Oaxacan legend. Oaxacan? Oaxacan? How do you say that? Oaxacan? O-A-X-A-C-A-N? Uh, uh, yes? Reinhardt? Oaxacan? How's it spelled? O-A-X-A-C-A-N. Oaxacan. Yeah, Oaxican, yeah. Oaxaca be the name of the people. Sure, sure. I don't know. Just based on context, I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah, there was this uh, Matlakigua or Gobedzigua. Gobedzigua. Gobedzigua, all right? A being that can take the form of a small child or a giant whose destiny is to pervert and hurt its victims, afterwards disappearing like a puff of air. It can also take the form of a beautiful woman to seduce men. Hmm. Seduces men, huh. luring them into the jungle. Some say she is a one-footed woman. Here we go with the one-foot thing again. Uh, what was the ones that our buddy there, John Levi, was talking about the one-footed people and then the uh, the chest-headed people? Remember? Oh, we gotta do. We gotta do uh, weird medieval hominids well these seem to be one of those weird medieval hominids so they say that some say she's a one-footed woman who leaves a telltale trail when she drags her victims away some say she's a beautiful woman in white who walks the streets at midnight like malahora when she comes across a romantically minded man she lures him away to his death still others say that the matishwa is two people an ordinary looking couple if she only has one leg, then how? Where is the? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What's, what's the Spanish? What's the Spanish version of the name Eileen? Then Eileen. Yes. <laughs> so this this Eileen. goes into they they mentioned. They mentioned La Malahora, which is the evil hour. Um, apparently, there is La Malahora or La Malogra is a beautiful long-haired woman dressed in white walking along the side of the road at night. Men who encounter her are so taken by her beauty and seductive ways, they follow her mindlessly with no heed to where she's leading them, and they never come back. Why is it... Honestly, why do you think it is that it's always a woman dressed in white? Purity. You think that's what it is? Like some kind of perverted deception of purity? But wait, there's more. If you see Lamala Aura on the road dressed in black, then look out. She is far more fierce and aggressive in her black clad form. Apparently that is, um, yeah, her final form is when she's and she's in black. Oh, that's her oh. final boss form? I guess. I don't know. The black goo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, one of these, uh, one of these cryptids actually has been debunked. What? No way. Yeah. The 
Atot, Atotalin. The Atotalin. Is that how you say it, Reinhardt? Atotalin. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I get what you're doing, but yeah, probably. It's a pelican. Doesn't look like a pelican. Well, looks like a cross between a chicken and a peacock. A chicken and a peacock. So a pelican. Where's that's not what is chicken and a peacock. Have you ever seen a pelican? Yeah, that's not a cross between a chicken and a peacock. Are you what? No. I saw pelicans in Virginia last year. Beautiful birds. Pelicans have that long mouth. Yes. You ever seen a pelican yawn with a bag attached? Things are terrible. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, and they were they were catching fish uh, by these uh, burnout ships. It was, it was really cool. That's cool. Um, where are these pictures you're looking oh. at? Oh, in uh, the Pelican Crossing, not to be missed. Okay, so those drawings have it doesn't look anything like a pelican. Oh. Yeah, it does. I mean, they're holding this beak. They're keeping it shut. I mean, I guess. That is not a pelican beak. I mean, no. I guess if you look down around like the base where it's like kind of fat, I guess that would be like the baggy part of the pelican's beak, I suppose. It's just got like a See, human I'm looking eye. at the other one, the list of 10. Here's the picture that it has. It's also called the water hen. Yeah, like wa- a chicken. Wa- water hen's kind of a terrible name. Yeah, it, seemed, it sounds like a terrible English translation, but... <laughs> It's like a chicken-type crossed creature with human hands for feet. What? Oh, yeah, that one that weird with the Nuts. blue body and the... That's just an odd thing. It's got the thumb pointing back on the one foot. Weird. Yeah. Weird, weird. But Mexican, so yeah, what do you expect? Weird. You know? Yeah. What, what do you expect? If they were able to hunt it, at the moment of opening the stomach of the creature, one could know the fate of the hunter. If he found a piece of coal, it was said that the hunter would have an early death. While if he found a precious stone, it foretold a good future. Hmm. So what the fuckers eating coal for? Fuel? I have no like, idea. I've seen birds eat some stupid shit, but I mean... Well, I mean, they got no gravel and bad, stuff. Right? So, they, yeah, yeah. Like so, I've, I've seen, I've seen grackles fight over uh, popsicle sticks before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they like, need, they need them to, they need them to um, attract a mate. Yeah. So, what is the uh, Huitzotl? Oh, oh, is that the? Uh, that's the cat with the long tail. Oh, yeah. It's got small ears. It's got long tail. It's got long tail that ends in something that's kind of like a monkey's hand. And it's got claws and sharp teeth. Yeah, uh, I don't get the monkey's hand. It translates as the thorny water. The name translates to the thorny water? Yeah. What's uh, all? They used to inhabit Lake Texcoco. And it's believed to be currently extinct, but let's hope it's not, because this thing looks pretty rad. This looks like a water cat serpent 
scorpion right. thing. It, it would strangle okay, why you it with have a scorpion its, tail with a human hand. It would strangle you with its tail hand. Why? The, uh, why are they putting so many human body parts on cryptids? I don't know. Why do manacores have a human face and like a, a tail, like a spiky tail? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, medieval people supposedly saw them. Chalk it all up to Nephilim genetic manipulation. Yeah, this is definitely seems like it might be Nephilim genetics with the, the hand tail thing. And also it could be just, you know, making up cryptids to cover for strangula- strangulation by cartel. <laughs> also, good point, Reinhardt, good point. You got to remember the cartels account for a lot of deaths in Ogro, well, Mexico. Anytime the gods choose a soul to be reclaimed, they send one of these suckers after them to do the uh, reclaiming. So they're like repo men for souls for the gods. Interesting. Interesting. Creepy. So is this a male creature? I, I would I would assume it being a little monster could be both male or female. Mm. Oh, and of course, it it would wail like a small child or frightened woman to attract people. They always do. Always. Always do. All right, let's uh, skip ahead. Let's do let's do a lightning round. Do Doll Island or Death Whistles? Ooh, that's what we got. Left. Uh, Doll Island. Doll Island. It is the island yeah. of the dolls, La Isla de las Muñecas. Hmm. Try, try again. La Isla, de, La Isla de las Muñecas. La Isla de Muñecas. Yeah, that's what I said. That's exactly what Reinhardt I said. Reinhardt sounded much more Mexican doing it than okay. you did, though. So? I was okay. just saying, like, it, it sounded uh, like sound authentic. What are you trying to say? Yes, oh, listen to the paranormies. Come, come for the authentic Mexican <laughs> dialect. Stay for the... Stay uh, for the tortilla wrap babies. Tortilla wrap babies, right, right, right. And no, none of these dolls were wrapped in tortillas. No. So this island of the dolls is located in the channels of... Here, go ahead, say it, Reinhardt, so I don't... That is that is Xochimilco. And Xochimilco, Xochimilco actually is the home of the La Llorona legend as well. This mm. area is actually home to a lot of Mexican cryptids and ghost stories, including the Alush. So this is, this right. is a weird area. It's kind of like the Ohio of Mexico City. This is true. The Xochimilco is uh, in a Chinampa, which is an artificial island in a um, yeah, in in a, a, a bunch of canals, man-made canals. So, interestingly enough, apparently the uh, ancient Mexicans, but they're they wear sandals back then. Sandal straps made these made these artificial islands, which is uh, where the island of the dolls is. That's for like a whole other story, though. Yeah, uh, around Mexico City, I mean, on on the lake Lake Texcoco, uh, where the ancient Aztec capital was built, 
yeah, they built all these canals around the area. Um, yeah, and man-made islands. Uh, this is one of them, and it's freaking creepy. The first so this- time, I, the first time I saw the island of the dolls. What was the what was the show that used to air with alongside Ghost Hunters on Sci Fi Channel that had the one the one exploring guy on it? It was like Destination was, Truth or yep, Expedition. That was, that was Josh Gates. Yeah, I was going to talk jo- about him actually. Yeah, yeah jo- Josh Gates had a couple of the Ghost Hunter guys come with him to the island and try to set up their whole little uh, you know bullshit setup on the on the island to try to capture Spoop. And well, he, it, he didn't bring the ghost hunters out on this one, but yeah, they did the whole TV ghost hunter thing. Oh, I, well, either way, the infrared images of the different, uh, the different dolls and everything dangling from all the different places. I was like, wow, this is nothing. Nothing is happening, but this is some very cool footage. <laughs> yeah. Even, even if there is nothing going on <laughs> that you could see, it's still freaking absolutely creepy and disgusting um yeah so this place it got its name back in i want to say like the 50s or 60s there was a guy named don julian uh who owned the island and just he lived there lived there with his family um farmed there a little bit as much as he could on on a little island and apparently there was a little girl who had drowned in the canal and after this death, he began to experience paranormal activity, uh, things moving in his house. He was woken up. He was slapped. Um, different things going on. Your typical uh, story, kind of spooky stuff. And as a sign of respect, or I'm sorry, at first, he, she would actually come to him in his dreams and would actually whisper to him like in the middle of the day, like, I want my doll. Um or something to that effect. And he started uh, hanging up dolls around the island, like all over the place. Like they're everywhere. The buildings there, they cover almost every inch, <laughs> on the, especially on the inside. Yeah, it's really creepy. There's dolls everywhere on this island. You can see them from across the lake. Um, and this and is supposed like- to be a sign of respect. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's just really creepy. Dolls are creepy in general. The whole concept. Yeah, but when they have, like, vines growing through their heads, hanging them between trees oh, sure. and they're sure. nailed to a building. Yeah, nature doing it its <laughs> yeah, nature doing its thing. You know, making it look really scary. Um, man, what was that one? Ooh, look at this one. This that. one's got piercing things. Anytime there's anytime there's like a horror movie where there's like swampy stuff where there's like you know like stuff growing over <laughs> what? <laughs> right, right, right. Ooh, look at this one. It's got piercings. <laughs> well no, it's just oh, like who puts yeah. piercings in a doll? <laughs> what I in the red eyes and stuff, like this has got like tribal tattoos drawn on its face. This is this one was done no, by this is easily this is easily some art art girl with BPD's art project right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She submitted this as the final in art two, mm-hmm. uh, second year of college. Mm-hmm. You gotta be. 
Gotta be, gotta be as pissed off. Right, <laughs> mad about it. Down, down half a bottle of Xanax. <laughs> All these dolls look like they haven't done Xanax in about six her, months. Her, her Xanax draws. Her Xanax fell into her uh, bottle of melatonin gummies, and now she has uh, like a nerd's rope of happiness. That's what she calls it on her and Twitter you, account. It, and you have like three strange voice messages that, right. that are time stamped from three 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 thirty three to four twenty five. <laughs> One of them is 18 minutes. One of them is 18 minutes long. The other two are like 30 seconds, eight seconds, and nine minutes. The 18 minute long one is static up until like the 15 minute mark. When she realized that she was was recording and had to come back inside from smoking to tell you something. Well, had the Bluetooth speaker on in the other room. (laughs) (laughs) Something tells me you've been through all this. I can neither confirm nor deny such such allegations. Yeah, I don't believe you. All right. So back to uh back to Mexican cryptids. No. Back to the island of the dolls. Man, that piercing doll is freaky looking, but I don't know, man. I think the dolls that have this stuff growing out of them are actually more freaky. Ironically, this isn't a Marilyn Manson song. What? Uh, Island of the Dolls? Island of the Dolls. Or a cheesy 70s horror flick. It's been used in cheesy horror flicks before. Yeah, Grindhouse. Like straight up Grindhouse. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure uh, who's... Oh, who's the guy? Eli something who does all like the just gross horror movies. I don't know. Oh, Eli Lake? No... Uh, oh, he did, did the he Green did, Inferno. Yeah, well, I mean, I was about to say he did a uh, he did a subcontinental horror horror movie already. Did you guys see the picture I posted in off. the chat of the guy who claims to have found a Lechuza and he's got it mounted in his? Uh, it's like an old newspaper photograph. No. That looks like a mask from the sci-fi sci-fi TV show Face Off. On a fabricated body, <laughs> David es- Esquivel. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And it I almost also- looks like a Michael Myers mask. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Where are we looking at now? Look uh, back in the Skype a few pictures. Look for the bird lady. It looks like, it looks like an old newspaper article. Yeah. Old. It's newspaper. the one next to the screaming bird. Article next to the screaming bird. Ah. The screaming bird is freaky enough. Oh yeah, yeah that is okay. All right, the guy has freaky on it. Yeah, no, that no, that's that's like not real. That's not real. Yeah, I don't uh, buy it. Also also there's a picture of the uh a Zodal, the thorny water creature from the uh the co- one of the codexes one of the aztec codex or mayan codexes that survived being destroyed by the uh conquistadors okay, but it which, looks like which one it looks it? like this dude it, it looks like this dude basically has like a gray squirrel with bells on it as a balloon ah that's yeah that's that's <laughs> uh, Maybe it's on a leash. Okay. Maybe it's on a leash. I, I don't know. It looks like. 
This, this guy's got the, no body. He's just really short. And his feet sticking out the bottom of his little little lobster bib. Johnny, this is clearly the Aztec Commodore nut. Right. Tom Thumb. Tom Thumbito. Tomas. Tom Thumbito and his, what, sleep paralysis squirrel? I guess. Demon? I, I guess, yeah, and his sleep paralysis demon squirrel. And, and there's another codex picture of a fer- uh, what looks like a ferret biting biting an atatalan. But the atatalan kind of ha- kind of resembles uh, a griffin in a way. Yes, or a very large angry chicken. Very large angry chicken. And with the little, and- with the little funky. Uh, Thing with a kind of a tapers sort of nose, kind of biting him. Yeah, uh, yeah, like some kind of funky little weasel. Yeah, weird little weaselly animal there, biting angry chicken right there on the neck. It seems like a bad idea for the weasel. Like, it does. It does. It's. It always <laughs> like, seems kind of like a maybe a last ditch effort. Yeah, you know? kind of. <laughs> well, it's like yeah. It's, it's 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 you always it's like why does the mosquito bite you? You know it's gonna it knows it's gonna get slapped. You know like it's like such screaming a wavos at a little chusa. right? Or pointing a gun at whatever the thing is you're not supposed to shoot because it'll kill you. Will that work, Reinhardt? La if, I just, if, if I just scream balls at a little chusa, will it will it fly away and leave me alone? Just scream balls. Yeah, well that's I said wavos. So it's like, yeah, it's just like, it's just like uh, screaming balls. I mean, a huevos is technically eggs, but <laughs> scream eggs at it. <laughs> what does Puda mean again? Whore. Whore? Whore. What, wait, what, what's Puda? farmer then? <laughs> so the people that made Dolls Island are nothing but Pudas and whatever farmer is <laughs> Mexican. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. A farmer. You don't know what farmer is in in your native language. Right. My native language. Aren't you? Aren't Mexican. you Spanish? <laughs> aren't you a Mexican? Right. Aren't in you? Spanish, it's agricultor, agricultor, or that's something. Too long. Like... Yeah, that's the that's the proper. I don't know. Otherwise, there's a. Uh, Whatever the Spanish name is for cowboy. Vaquero? Caballero? Vaquero. That's right. Vaquero. Vaquero? Yes. Putas y, cab- y vaqueros. Putas. <laughs> wow. and cowboys? <laughs> Pull them go. up by their snakeskin bootstraps. Right. Yeah. Yes. Putas y vaqueros. Well, that's the show title. So can I want to put this out? Can somebody please take the American Gothic uh, painting and create that? What? Put in a cello and a fucking like a, I'm, a, a cello and an Edgar, like a chola, like a cholo with the straight across eyebrow. Yes, right. But it has to be a straight up Edgar, like with a with you know, like the mullet and the. Uh, Oh, yeah. The mullet, like, sort of the big the, belt The buckle. pitchfork has to be replaced with just a giant ear of corn. The cowboy? Yeah, the, the Mexican cowboy has to be like a legit vaquero. 
So please, if you can, put that out to us. I will pay you. Hey, Reinhardt. Man, we still haven't gotten we still haven't gotten any good suggestions of what we should call the road trip show. Right. So, we haven't like, I, at I all. Would, and I wouldn't hold your fucking breath on the Well, the, yeah, the well, well time out, part. time out. Here's the thing, Reinhardt, about that is the show's gonna be released before these people get to hear what we want to ask them. That is true. And you're gonna need we're gonna need the show out beforehand. So we're going to have to work on this. Well, it wasn't for the By show tomorrow. art. It was just for my own enjoyment. Oh, okay. Just for your... Okay, gotcha. Well, that's what we yeah, should do for the show, the show art anyways. No, we'll, fi- we'll do another episode on, on Mexico, some on something Mexican. Yes, and we'll put we'll put uh, putas in We still theaters. have... Yes, we still have yet to even do hidden history in Mexico, so... It's true, because there's a lot of it. There is. Like, I, I'm, I mean, some of the architecture from Mexico City is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The fountain yeah, we just genocided works. an entire culture using, you know, quote, germ warfare. Hey, how about we build a uh, post office that looks like a Roman temple? Right, right. Hey, yeah. you guys. That, that, that fountain that still works in the middle of Mexico City. Is, right. That yeah, it's like 500 years old. Speaking nuts. of Mexico, hey, you guys want to hear something? You guys want to hear something cool? Yes. So this is the dead whistle. That is, is this the Arto GF that fronts a metal band. That is yes, that is the Arto GF that fronts the that's screamo her, band. Yes, that's her noise project that mm-hmm. she does with uh, a four track. We need to get her involved with Aether. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the Az- Aztec Death Whistle. Well then, I yeah, want one. Those are really freaking scary sounded. Um. I guess the, uh, they were the audio originally a hundred of them laid out on top of each other was pretty crazy of what it would sound like a, a, of a hundred Aztec warriors stampeding down a hill all, all blowing those simultaneously. That was oh, yeah. pretty crazy audio. I would not be able to load a musket if I heard that. No, it, it was jarring in headphones mm. just now. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I was like, wow. <sighs> And they would do that while marching to battle as well. So can you imagine like just being out, let's say you're from another group, another kingdom or something, and you're you're just out hunting and you hear that off in the distance, or if you're quote a conquistador, again, official narrative, and you just hear that in the middle of the jungle and you have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's pretty it's they're pretty crazy sounding. Um apparently you know, I mean, everybody knows. Well, that's the that's the official narrative is that the Aztecs would like often create ominous sounds when they were marching into battle in order to you know intimidate their opponents, right? And you sounded crazy. It was like um, what was that movie? Uh, the Thirteenth Warrior, the Fireworm, right? It was supposed to be a dragon, and it just turns out that it was just a bunch of dudes with torches running in a serpentine fashion down a mountain. Right. So. If you can sound like a herd of screaming banshees, you know, it would scare your opponents into thinking you were much more powerful than you probably really were. So I could see why they would use these as a form of psychological weaponry. 
But also, it's sort of sonic as well. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it it just completely jars you. Well, I mean, right? imagine like a thousand of these things, dude. Like three thousand, five thousand. How many Aztec warriors were there? You know, you definitely wouldn't be able to communicate very well to the people that you're defending with. You'd have to have your, your game plan would definitely have to be on point ahead of time, right? Because there there would be no there would be no uh, verbal communication of signals from from the point of the Aztecs attacking. Now, what if... What if... An alternative hypothesis. What if an alternative purpose is perhaps the complete opposite of that? Rather than to strike fear and to signal oncoming violence, it's possible that the Aztec death whistle was actually used for therapeutic and healing purposes. So, instead of cymatics, yeah, I'm sorry. I have a feel like I I feel like if I did cymatics with uh, three different potted plants, and I blew the death whistle at one, and I told the other one I love you, and I didn't do anything with the third one. That first one is dead within a week. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, all three. That might be your opinion on this, but like, hang on. So the the uh, the idea is that instead of inspiring fear, the strange sound of the whistle would put the listener into a trance, and then the trance would be part of healing rituals that would serve as like physical and metaphysical uh, purposes. So. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it. Would you might have a hard time that this sound might be ever be considered comforting, but um, there's something to be said for the strange and unsettling to eventually lull a person into a different kind of presence of mind when repeated often enough. So, now one question I have: Have they? Do we know if they have found all of these in grave sites? Or in burial chambers, like just in in archaeological dig sites, or have they made these themselves, like modern yes. death whistles? Both. Because it could be it could be that these things were found and were somewhat out of tune from being out of use mm-hmm. out of use for so long. Well, well, I don't know. That's is, just a theory. Okay, so the finding them with the dead kind of leads to the uh, formation of the third theory which is that the purpose of the Aztec death whistle is um, it centers around the circumstance of the Aztec death whistles discovery that it was found in possession of someone that who had been sacrificed. So uh, a lot of times it wasn't just the dead. It was a sacrifice. So the placement of the death whistles within the, with the body of the sacrificed individuals was completely intentional. The crossing of the arms of the body would have to have been arranged, as well as the whistles placed in the hands. Also, the skull iconography of the whistles naturally linked them to death, so the connection to human sacrifice is only a small leap to make from there. Even more interesting is the placement of the body's burial. Not only was the body buried in front of the temple, but it was placed directly facing an image of the god Quetzalcoatl, the wind god. Wind gods and whistles, well, there's your connection there. 
It is therefore believed that the Aztec death whistles were therefore meant to serve as an aid to the human sacrifices. Through blowing the whistle, the sacrifice victim would not only create a frightening noise associated with death, but also summon Quetzalcoatl through the power of these sounds created by what is essentially a small amount of contained wind. Quetzalcoatl would then theoretically guide these sacrifice individuals safely through to the afterlife. Hmm. So a whistle for the winged serpent. Yes. To carry you into the afterlife. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, in our modern mindset, the human sacrifice is seen as kind of grisly, right? But there is evidence to suggest that sacrifice was seen as an honor in ancient cultures. The granting of such a piece of equipment that could potentially help the sacrificed person on their way through the afterlife supports the notion of goodwill through the otherwise unsettling process. So... Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I know they like to. Um, in a lot of these, uh, I don't know if you want to call them revisionist histories of when they talk about sacrifice and how how they they say that the sacrificed considered it a great honor to be sacrificed a lot of times in certain societies. I don't know that I believe, and I'm that. sure many of them probably did. Yeah, but I mean, doesn't mean at the same true. time. Yeah. Just because they believe it. Yeah, just because they believe it doesn't make it true. Yeah. I got told that the other day about um, some flat earth stuff. Just because I believe it doesn't make it true. I was like, actually. I believe it because it is true. I, yeah, that's what I told him. I was like, I actually believe it because it, it is it is true. Well, it's not. Like, actually. It is. Just because you believe that doesn't make it true. Somebody tried to <laughs> prove the... Um, oil derrick's thing proving curvature when actually it proves no curvature now you can see it going down as it gets further away well yeah it's called angular perspective no 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 you see he's using the same kind of camera you're using but as he zooms out it goes further down yeah that's called angular perspective no 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 it's going around see it's going down and around you see Yes, angular there's, perspective. There's no Coriolis effect. Like, he... No, it's not Coriolis. Cor- Cor- Coriolis. Yeah, we're not talking yeah, about no, Coriolis that's not here. what it is. Anyway, we're, we're talking about angular perspective with the ships in the horizon. Yeah, Coriolis, there's no, is, there's... Coriolis is airplanes, helicopters, and bullets. Black Swan. Black Swan is uh, oil derricks, yes. Can be. That's the one they uh, like to use. Guys, I found I found Commandant uh Nuts uh girlfriend. I posted posted it in the chat. Yeah, uh my computer said no. No, I'm not and it yeah. decided to not open this video file. Nope. So nope. thank you. I can computer. see from the thumbnail that that is not getting opened on mine either. Nope. Sorry. Money well spent. <laughs> Thank you, computer. Sorry. <laughs> not doing that. Uh, you can't trick me like that. That's not even. Uh, so, serpent sacrifice cymatics. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I was just doing the bit. Serpent sacrifice cymatics, but that's SSC. That's still the same sound. It is. But. <laughs> Back to Mexican uh Mexican cryptids. Do we have anything else? No, we did we did both of them. We did the uh we did the 
yeah, we did the death whistles and we did, um, we did the dolls, the Valley, the Valley of the Dolls. That's the movie. That was the movie Valley of the Dolls, the seventies weird. Was it sci-fi? I think it was. Yeah, that was also the name of that Murder Dolls album. Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. Okay. I was um, trying to think of it, but I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't think of it. Uh, I want a death whistle. So if any of our five Mayan shaman listeners could uh, send one to the PO box, it would be greatly appreciated. Yes, definitely. That would be great. Also in the uh, PO box is a um, a gift from our friends from Canada, from SS and SS. And I don't know what it is, but it's sitting in the box today. I didn't get a chance to go get it. We will tell you what it is on the Nationalist Inquirer on Tuesday. Uh, we have a creepypasta. Reinhardt, you said you were going to do one this week? Uh, Jack will actually have one. Oh. I spoke with him, and he's got one lined up. All right. Fine, we'll let him out of the corner long enough to do the creepypasta. <laughs> but the show art will be provided by me. All right. So Jack's got a creepypasta for us. Um, check out our T-shirts. I have spoken to our buddy at Dissident Apparel. The new shirts are going to be up on the website very, very soon, I promise. Dogbots art uh, will be on, on white or black T-shirts. It'll be white on black or black on white. And also the Paranormies tinfoil shirts will be up on white, I believe, only for now. He's trying to get it to look right on a black shirt. It's kind of hard because it's silver for some reason. But those are coming. Check it out. Dissident Apparel slash Allies slash Paranormies. DissidentApparel.com slash Allies slash Paranormies. Check us out on Telegram. All of our links are down below. Um, our download link is right here on our website, Paranormies.com, where you can go leave comments for free. You can come check for out. For free. For free. Come check out our website, listen to our shows, and leave comments. And yeah, we need a name. We need a name for the road trip show. So yeah, like, we do. We're, we're still throwing it out there. You know, we have so. road trip shows in the can. We also have road trip shows we need to record, and we also have road trips that we need to make that we need to do our research for. So yeah, I got a couple plans. Do you? Cool. Uh, I have I have yep. I have a couple ideas also so yeah I got I'm some ideas go, too depending on what I, happens over the next couple of months I'm mm. gonna go try to go visit Ames Monument in person oh sweet nice the the uh, yeah the monument that got me questioning the official narrative of all uh, monuments yep the Ames Monument that's a good cool. one that's a good one why is there a pyramid in the desert in Wyoming. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's just to cover up the fraud and abuse of a couple uh, rich dudes that That's ran the company. To distract you. To distract right. You right. It's fraud. well. It's to memorialize the president of the company who's who defrauded the company from all of this money that they're trying to distract you from by memorializing him in a pyramid form. Guys, I wouldn't worry abuse? about what are you okay? talking about, guys? Look at this pyramid we built. Waste, Come on, fraud, man. and abuse isn't a thing back then with the amount of bootstraps that were available to these people. Just pull them up and yep. get over it. Yep. yep. 
Plus, you had the railroad to send all the quarried stone on, right? Obviously. You I didn't mean, have how to else use, would it get you there? You didn't have to use the horse and buggy. No. I mean, how else would it get there? Uh, water-powered car. Sorry, that wasn't until the 1860s. Right, 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 right. But not in San Francisco because Yosemite Sam hadn't started really or hadn't finished building the Palace of Fine Arts yet. Yeah, and he didn't have a Home Depot with putas and vaqueros to go uh, to help you out with the labor. Putas and vaqueros? No, you just had the Chinese. The coolies. Yes, you did have the coolies back then. Coolies. I still want to know how they got here. I still want to know how they got here. Yeah. You know, if we discovered, I don't know, if we got to the West, if Lewis and Clark got to the West in the 18, was it, 1830s or whatever, right? Turn of the century, no. 1800? Turn of the century. Okay, it was 1800? Yeah. Okay. 1800s. Okay, 1800s. So how did they get ships? Do they build ships in San Francisco to sail west to China? Oh yeah, totally. Right. Plus right. you had well, British, Chinese had already been there. Yeah. Plus you had British vessels. But the Brit, but they went all the way around Argentina, right? That's the story. Yeah, through Magellan. Yep. After Magellan. When was Magellan again? Sixteen hundreds. When he, uh, when his ship, at least. <laughs> No, he was he was still alive at that point. Right. So after the 1600s, they made many voyages around all the way down and up to go to San Francisco to fully stock the shipyards there, right? I mean, like, the shipyards yeah, in San it Francisco. From, it went from a humble little port town to a port. giant sprawling metropolis. But how were they a port? 30 years. They, That's normal. What were they shipping to? Where were they going? What port were they shipping to at this port in San Francisco? The Far East, the but, Orient. But how the did Orient. they know it was there? Did they the call Orientals. them? Did they call the Orientals on the phone? Like, did they yes. send them a telegram? Like Nixon did to the moon. Was, I mean, there's so many holes in this story. Well, there's also, uh, according believe- to narrative, you also have men like James Cook who cataloged the South Pacific and the coast of Southeast Asia. So, sure. According I mean, to narrative, there were sailors that went around Argentina and went there. Or yeah. Okay. 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 Africa. Okay. Fine. 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 There was a couple of guys. A few. A few ships. Right. A few excursions went around the Cape. Right. A few. Not enough to yeah, like you- to have like trade. No. They, they, okay. Look, the British East India Company existed in the 1700s. In the late 1600s, it existed. They already knew about India. They were already trading in India. Yeah, but they were they knew about India because of the land roads. And they traded through ships. Right, but they knew that because... Yeah, Marco Polo, man. <laughs> Even after. All I'm, all I'm saying is it still doesn't make sense. No, it no, still doesn't make I, sense. I know, no, yes, no, they knew sense. about the no, Orient. They knew they had trade, yes. Right. But it still doesn't account for the city going from zero to millions right None of in the span of a few decades right so how did the game in the pool marco polo start i mean where's the origin of that because like was the was the motherfucker sailing blind or something no is that, that is that i don't marco polo didn't sail marco polo was 
the Silk Road. No, Marco Polo sailed. That's he thought he saw like eight people on Madagascar. Yeah, Marco Polo left Genghis Khan's or Kublai Khan's service with a fleet of ships and apparently didn't make it out of Indonesia without like he only made it out with like five ships. Started with twenty or something. Yeah, he didn't have a good. Guess, I've never heard this story of Marco but, Polo, the sailor. I thought he was just the guy who did the the stuff over the. You've never heard of the of Marco Polo's lost fleet. Mm-mm. Really? Huh. Yeah. Huh. Sorry, We're I haven't all heard kinds of everything. New things on the paranormal. Sorry, I haven't heard of literally everything. That's okay because you think literally everything is fake and gay. So I mean, it probably is. To be honest, like I'm just gonna go ahead and say that that story is probably not true. But I mean, you can tell me. <laughs> he saw eight people on Madagascar. Eight people. Uh huh. Or eight. But they were lemurs. Oh, lemurs. Okay. I didn't see. I didn't know that Marco Polo was um was was a sailor. I thought he was just the guy who brought spaghetti from China. Can you imagine seeing giant lemurs for the first time? And not knowing what the fuck they were. It'd be a pretty freaky thing, man. Yeah, I mean, imagine seeing any kind of animal that you've never seen before. That's large. Yeah, you know? but... Imagine being British. And imagine being British and all you've and ever legs. seen is... Man, imagine being British and all you've ever seen is cats, dogs, maybe the occasional cow, right? Chickens. And you get a chance to go to Africa and, you know, lions, giraffes. Elephants. They had lions in Europe at one time. Yeah, they did. I'm, I'm I'm sure they did, but some Londoner wouldn't have known that. Never mind. They also had hyenas apparently in France. Yeah. At one point. Yes, they did. Which was the official narrative story for the werewolf of the 1700s. Right. Which is topic for uh, another episode. Oh wow, we're way over. All right, guys, we're gonna get out of here. It's like two and a half hours worth of show. So, Woo! yeah. Good get out of here. yeah we'll see you guys. We'll see y'all Tuesday on the Nationalist Inquirer. Later. Time travel makes you gay. He doesn't know where he is. Having spent the majority of his life cramped in a cage, he has very little sense of direction or awareness of his surroundings. The giant foreboding trees all look identical to each other and make it difficult to tell he's getting anywhere or simply going in circles. His bare feet are cold and covered in muck and grime of the forest floor, and the chill of the night renders his heavy breath as smoky white clouds of mist. The full moon shines a beacon of light onto the ground and provides him with what little vision he does have, but as he stares up into the sky, he can't help but wince as it reminds him of the horrible spotlight they always shine in his face when they... He suddenly spots something moving out of the corner of his eye. Jerking his head to the left, he prepares to turn and run in the other direction when he sees clearly what was moving. It's a squirrel. His already pounding heart picks up even more speed. The few times in his life that he was placed near a window to the outside, he would notice squirrels scurrying along the trees, and he thus associated them with freedom. A smile reaching his face, he starts towards it. The tranquilizer dart suddenly shoots into the side of his neck, and the world goes hazy. When he awakens, he's in restraints, and the men in coats are transporting him back to the building. He screams as they pass the sign. Though he can't read, he knows exactly what it says, for he has spent his entire life here. Wilkins Breeding Facility. Breeding humans for organ harvests, 
since 2026.